the evolution and the maturity uh, across use cases needs to be at very various different stages. Good day, and welcome to another HIMSCast podcast. I'm Bill Sawicki, Managing Editor of Healthcare IT News, a HIMS Media publication. Today, we'll be taking a look at how generative artificial intelligence, the kind of AI behind the hugely popular ChatGPT application, will disrupt the healthcare industry and what C-suite executives and other health IT leaders need to know to keep up and be wary. My guest is Vanky Anand, a partner at research and consulting firm McKenzie Digital. Welcome, Vanky. Thank you, Bill. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure being here, and uh, it's a great topic, so look forward to this conversation. Absolutely. Um, so let's jump right in. Uh, this is a red-hot topic, and I know people are very interested. First, um, for those who need a little background Please explain what generative AI is and uh, what maybe your core beliefs are around the technology. Great question to get started with, Bill. Um, so as we look at Gen AI, there's a lot of conversation that's been happening over the past six to nine months. I think it all started with ChatGPT and and the various possibilities people saw when interacting with a bot that, that was very intelligent and could keep context when you were having a conversation. This was not done before. And so there was a lot of, um, you know, press and, and, and euphoria around it. However, I will say this, there's, there's a bunch of foundational technologies and evolutions that have happened over several years. And I think we've just reached a cusp with ChatGPT and all the euphoria around it. Uh, and so this is an evolving technology. It's it's happened over the past several years. Um, and very simply put, right, Gen AI, uh, I would say, it, it, you know, if, if we were looking at it from an outcomes perspective, uh, enables the creation of new unstructured content. Uh, and, and what's beautiful about it is earlier, we would only do text and maybe a little bit of speech. But Gen AI now is able to do the same with text, with imaging, with videos, and a whole lot. So that so the difference between virtual and real is kind of converging over time, and and as you see, a lot of the pictures and the videos that are being generated, it's really hard to know what is real and what's being generated by Gen AI, and that's the power, right? The ability to really think through and intelligently predict and expand over the limited knowledge or the data that we have is what Gen AI is bringing to the fore. So, you know, with that, uh, as I said, you know, it is an, it, it, it is a fundamentally different way of looking at things, but it has evolved over time. Um, I would say, or, or, you know, to your question on core beliefs, I'd say a few, few things, right? So it's important to understand this is obviously different and the use cases therefore would be different, but this is an evolutionary technology. A lot of it has happened over time. It's based on foundational models, intelligent models that have been built over the past several years. Obviously, there's a step change that has happened with the advent of technology, the power of computing that we can put cloud. It's all coming together, right? So it's almost like, you know, you were preparing, you had a sous chef preparing a lot over time, and now there's the chef was putting it all together and it's coming out beautifully well, right? So that's kind of the, the initial narrative. Um, what, what, 
is very different is the potential upside that we are seeing, right? Uh, lots of use cases, lots of, uh, you know, predictive power. And more importantly, much of the technology, if you were to just think about it very simply in a two-dimensional matrix of like human effort versus human intelligence, much of the technology that was being put in place earlier was driving more towards offsetting human effort with a little bit of intelligence. I think with Gen AI, we're, we're really in a new phase of offsetting human intelligence, uh, as in people intelligence and people creativity with something that is coming through automation, right? And that's the power of generative AI, generate new stuff that otherwise typically only, you know, humans were capable of doing earlier. So I'll take a pause and, and it was a long monologue, but just wanted to explain the end to end. Well, that's excellent. Um, please describe a variety of use cases for generative AI in healthcare, uh, from, from clinical to administrative and, and the benefits it brings. Yep. Yep. So let me maybe start with something that is quite, um, clear and, and has, an, and is being implemented at several of the large, uh, healthcare providers. Right. And, and that is sort of an, an incremental overlay over the chat GPT. Uh, kind of an interface where there is automated response, at least initial response to patient messages, to initial outreaches, which is an intelligent way of responding to communication that's happening, right? So um, uh, there's a lot of effort being put in responding to telephones, responding to outreaches, emails, et cetera, et cetera. The, the initial step obviously towards it was a regular standard, you know, if you were thinking about just voice, is a standard voice message that's saying, oh, the person's actually out of office. You know, can you please leave a voice message? We then evolved from that to simple IVRs, giving people prompts and saying, where do you want to go? Prompt one, prompt two, prompt three, and so on. And and at least in that this use case, what's happening now is more intelligence that is being added so that there is a huge amount of initial triage and response that is, you know, being offset by some of these automated systems. Now as we speak about it, and I, I should have mentioned this in the previous one, I think one of the core tenets as we look at many of these technologies, they're all early stage. So there's a lot of risk in it, like just in the, the use case that I that I mentioned. You probably want to use something like generative AI right now, given the sophistication that it has in some of the more earlier sides of the patient journeys, you know, initial contact, et cetera. You don't obviously want to triage when someone's in an emergency situation, right? So so I would say that's one, the early response is one. Uh, there is one around just within the, the the human effort that's being put in. You know, we, we talk a lot about the labor shortage in the US, how nurses are constantly under pressure. I think COVID kind of pushed uh, a, a, much of that through to the edge. There's a lot of offsetting on basic tasks that can be done through generative AI. And then, and, and obviously, you know, foundational other models through intelligence which is reducing the human effort doing mundane tasks. This could be automated tracking of, uh, of you know, note-taking, which is a huge thing that happens today in, in, in any uh, med surge facility or any hospital. You know, some of that could be done through generative AI. And then you know, as we mature the technology, there is also a lot that could be done even, and I'm just talking about from like a out there horizon, which is, really start predicting 
uh, better, like what could be some of the ailments that are being seen, right, with all the data that we have. And that power of prediction is what is going to start getting improved. And maybe that's also one where we are going to see much more, uh, you know, betterment societally as we see the impact of Gen AI coming through the provider system. So I'll take a pause again, you know, uh, just sharing a wide range, but happy to go deeper on any. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so another question, many experts uh, advise caution when healthcare provider organizations want to jump into generative AI. Why is this? And, and what do healthcare CIOs and other health IT leaders have to be wary of? Sure. Um, great question, Bill. Um, so let me start with kind of getting maybe uh, a thought on the side. What Look, whenever there is new technology that comes, there's always a little bit of apprehension uh, because the technology is still in, evolving. So I would say that's kind of number one. There is a lot of evolution that's happening. One of the one of the notes that many of the risk leaders are making is maybe we want to see some maturity, especially in healthcare, because because there is a human life involvement here. Uh, you could probably do it if you were just responding to phones on you know uh, a different industry, maybe retail, airline, etc. But like in healthcare, there's 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 a lot at stake. So being thoughtful. Uh, is kind of number one. Are we at the maturity stage? Uh, that's that's one. I think from a risk perspective, um, the 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 evolution and the maturity uh, across use cases needs to be at very various different stages. And as I said, right, even within the provider ecosystem, there are some use cases that are very low risk. And I think you could start. And the people have already, as I said, it's evolutionary technology. People have already started using. You know, for nurse scheduling, patient scheduling sector, right? A lot of these analytics and Gen AI driven technologies. But I think the the biggest caution is given human life is at stake in many of the use cases. You know, how and when should we start turning the switch around, right? Uh, and so the the cautious message here is thinking through a risk back framework of use cases that are high and low risk, and where should we start testing some of these to see what the adoption rates could be and how can we really think about offsetting some of the spend that is that we are seeing in provider systems i think that's what uh, that's why people caution a little bit because it's it's still evolving it's still emerging maybe not ready for all the use cases and then you know maybe for some of the basic use cases very ready and very available even today so how will generative ai disrupt the healthcare industry um, what will we see and, and what are we seeing already? Yep. 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 Great question. I would say the impact of gen AI, right. Is, um, it's a three, three major types of process level changes you're going to see. There's obviously going to be a lot of innovation that's going to come within healthcare, right. As you think about augmented devices, virtual reality, the ability to look and feel and see. 3D from 2D imaging and all that. There's tons of use cases that are going to enrich the overall patient journey. But I think within the provider system, or very much within healthcare, or within uh, you know the, some of the some of the more um, onerous processes, I think you're going to see three types of impact being generated. Number one is a bit of automation, right? We spoke about the ChatGPT type of response that that's just first level of automation, but there's going to be more automation that's going to come. I think number two, two is a little bit of acceleration, which is uh, we have tons of data, 
right? Tons and tons of data. I think the one thing that we've done over the past 15 years is collect all the data, right? In terms of patient records, in terms of hospital, like financial records and financial management and so on and so forth. What's going to happen is with, with Gen AI, with the power of computing that we're saying, there's going to be a lot of acceleration in that innovation and how we are going to do things differently. Because this is going to feel that the, the click rate for change and the click rate for innovation is going to be majorly accelerated, right? So much so that many of the folks are going to be, you know, a little bit challenged in keeping up with the pace, right? And then the last one, which which I think is 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 here now, uh, and and we're seeing it, and not within healthcare yet, but it will come very soon, is what we call as effort augmentation. And a great piece is, you know, you would have you would have heard uh, that are what we call as developer co-pilot tools, which is Jenny is now generating code. You you probably can go like tell you know a GPT engine, hey, give me a give me a a, a code for one of our game. Uh, Pac-Man game or something, and it'll actually generate the code. So there's a lot of augmentation. And I think that augmentation is now going to come into healthcare in terms of note-taking, in term, uh, terms of just augmenting the documentation around other things, understanding, bringing back libraries of input for physicians. And that augmentation is what is going to fundamentally change how we do things within the provider ecosystem. So I'll see if that kind of makes sense and that answers the question that you had. Yeah, no, that's that's some wild stuff. Um, so to close off today, what advice uh, do you offer healthcare C-suite executives and clinicians when it comes to handling the disruption that generative AI brings to the industry? Uh, that's a great question to end with. I, I, I think I think uh, so. A few few thoughts. Uh, thought one: I think it's um, We've seen a lot of new technologies come into the market. I think fundamentally, if you ask at least technologies and some of the leading uh, researchers across different industries, people do think that we're at a cusp or, or a turning point in this whole analytics journey, which is going to be monumentally impactful in the future. So seriously considering this and not, you know, warding it off saying this is not something that, that we need to think about right now is probably the right option, just really Try to think through at least what are, what and how do we learn about it, even if we don't start implementing. I think number two, and most importantly, and I think I touched to it a little bit, the pace of change and the click rate of change is going to be very, very fast, which also means there is a huge talent refresh, upgrade, and change that needs to happen. Um, uh, what that means is not only in like IT shops, the CIOs, et cetera, where talent needs to understand the concepts of Gen AI, but also the users, the frontline users. How do they think about it? What do they do differently? How to really leverage these systems is what needs to happen. So a huge push on talent and really looking, thinking through the different talent pools that need to change and evolve and know how to work differently is a big push. Um, that that you know, or is a big thing that the executives must be thinking through. Um, and then I think finally, I do think it's it's coming back to maybe the point number one that I made, but maybe a finer point on it. It is time to start really considering this and thinking through it and making the right investments. But you know, with that air of caution of this is an evolving technology, let's be thoughtful of how and what it can light up right now versus what are things that will happen over the next 6, 12, 18, 24, 36 months. And just being on a journey, right? Not waiting for too long, 
being on that journey sooner is probably the third option that I have on the table. But that's just my collective thinking for now. Well, that's great. And that is today's Hymnscast. I'd like to thank my guest, Vanky and I, a partner at research and consulting firm, McKinsey Digital. Thank you, Vanky. And thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me. It was a great discussion. Very thoughtful. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned. Another Hymnscast is coming soon. <laughs>